Thanks for tuning in to Movie Geeks United. We're talking April Blu-ray releases in this episode. Is it a good month, April? Is it a good month? Well, I guess it was. Uh, there were a few things that are worth chatting about, as there always are. But I don't know, just um, didn't get quite as many review titles last month. Uh, I didn't get anything, any Kino titles, so I can't really talk about those too much. Um, but... Um, you know, we'll, we'll cover them anyway, but, you know, there were some things to talk about that are getting Blu-ray uh, issues for the first time, I guess you would say. And so, uh, you know, a few catalog titles that might bring back a memory or two. So we'll uh, we'll get into it, I guess. Okay. One of them was the uh, uh, Arrow has been putting out the, uh, the the films of the Shaw Brothers. I think we've talked about this some. And uh, the eight diagram pole fighter is one of those uh, from 1984. I think it was one of the last, maybe the last Shaw Brothers release. I'm thinking it could be. But anyway, uh, it's um, I, I did get a review copy of this one. It's uh, you know, it's typical of those type of um, you know, martial arts type films, except this one takes place. Uh, Oh, in a earlier period, I think this is, I'm not sure what the time, I can't remember what the time period is on this, but anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's about a traitorous general, um, uh, well, a, a, a family, uh, who is the, uh, strong arm of the Imperial army and then a general betrays the family and they have to go after him and that type mm. of stuff. But anyway, that's essentially what it's it is. It's my life story. <laughs> Finally, a movie I can relate to. <laughs> Something you can relate to. Uh, I'm just happy that they're putting out these Shaw Brothers titles. Though. They're really great. You know, they did the Shaw Brothers box set, which was fantastic. That had uh, the Mighty Peking Man, which is a soft spot for, for me. I love those giant monster films. You know that. It's, and I don't have to reiterate that. And they did such a gr- I couldn't believe how great that looked uh, in the box set. And they... Uh, there was, oh, I think eight titles in that box set that came out in December, and it's been kind of odd because since then they've been issuing them one at a time, but I'll take that. So the eight diagram pole fighter from Arrow Video is uh, another uh, one of their Shaw Brothers films releases. And, of course, uh, speaking of newer films, Death on the Nile has been issued in 4K and Blu-ray, the, uh, of course, the sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. That's all right. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, nothing I would want to return to a second time, I don't think. But uh, you know, it was. It was what it was. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Man, there are some obvious uh-huh. CG in that thing. Oh yeah, right, right, right. Do you think uh, now this was finished before COVID, was it not? Or do yeah. you think they? I was gonna say if it was finished uh, post. I mean, it's just during, so obvious. You could, you could, sh- you could. You've seen movies that take place on Mars that look more realistic than uh-huh. <laughs> some of the some of the uh, scenery shots in Death on the Nile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, I was wondering about that because I thought, well, if they maybe if they had a few scenes that they didn't get to finish and they had to finish it up during the middle of COVID, maybe they had to augment it with. Yeah, some, yeah. There's, I mean, they could have shot some B-roll stuff. Some, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe stuff, that yeah. maybe that plays into it. Maybe that wasn't the original original plan. But yeah, I was fascinated. Um, and I guess yeah, maybe this just shows my naivete about things. But 
you know, I was uh, seeing a piece online about how these fight sequences are, are filmed years in advance on a lot of these Marvel films. And, you know, they basically write the films to kind of go around uh, to match the the fight sequences. You know, they're choreographed and put together long before the film is actually completely scripted. And uh, I don't know, I guess I, I, that that was a little disturbing to me. I, I should that shouldn't be a surprise, but it's uh, there's something a little uh, unnerving about that. I don't know. It bothers me a little bit. Uh, maybe, like I said, I, I probably shouldn't be surprised by that, but um just doesn't feel quite organic, but it's another world we live in. I get it, you know, but still. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's never a word you apply to that Marvel uh, genre. No, 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 no. Well, you know, we go back to superhero films that we grew up with, like the uh, the Donner Superman film. You know, it, it it's a superhero film, but you you do feel like there's an organic quality to the the film. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the difference. It do, it doesn't. I don't know. It's it's a whole different thing. It's hard to articulate it. But anyway, I uh, yeah, I, I'm probably I'm no I'm not breaking any news to anybody. I'm sure everybody's way ahead of the curve on on this uh, before I came to that. Well, there's you know, there's a lot of pre-planning going on uh, for movies that won't be made for for many many years uh, after mm-hmm. Stars Are Dead. I think. Oh yeah, I sure. think Keanu Reeves talked about it. He's already shot a bunch of stuff for when he dies, and they want to use his image for. Wow. He's been in a studio and all geared up with all that stuff on his face and everything else for, mm-hmm. I guess, filming a variety of emotions and yeah. scenarios for movies that he can star in after he's dead. Oh, boy. You know, I, a couple of – well, what's the status on that James Dean film they were going to do? They, they, were, they made a press announcement about that about a year ago, I guess it was, and they were going to do – James Dean was going to be in a new movie and his family had signed off on it or something, huh. and then – that, that news kind of went dead. Uh, huh. I don't know what became of that. I was curious. I don't know. I just uh, do. I want to see a hologrammed Whitney Houston in concert because that's going on now too. Yeah, that's true. It's, well, uh, I mean, it's, uh, no, it's the ABBA thing is. Go- of course, they're still alive, but they're still. They just doing don't want to leave the house. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They don't want to leave, leave the house. That's true, but. Uh, well, you know, they, they want to preserve their younger selves. I, I guess I kind of get that. And, you know, it's, they're almost 80 years old, all of them. So it's, uh, that's, <laughs> that would yeah, be tough. To, that's know, one you, thing when you're alive and, and, do, and letting that happen. Yes. Cause you kind of have approval of that. That's true. But just to that's make a corporation thing. richer mm-hmm, by, by sure. using my, the image of my dead self to make more money for yourself mm-hmm. just doesn't seem right. Which Good I'm sure, the, I'm sure the estate gets their fair share but yeah yeah i'm sure i think one of the earliest instances of that is another project that didn't come to fruition i remember them mentioning that they were going to do another oh god movie with george burns oh god and that that yeah oh god <laughs> well you yeah. remember the the first time i ever heard of that kind of thing happening was and there was a big stink about it was the i guess it was the hoover vacuum company when they did the commercial with fred astaire Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, that did happen. That yeah. actually happened. It wasn't just talk. Yeah. yeah, that's why it was so controversial because it happened. It was airing all over the place, and it's like, you know, this classy guy, and you're having him vacuum the ceiling or something. You know, it's <laughs> – Makes you wonder when they're going to, um, you know, re- bring back Orson Welles' image and repurpose him for some new uh, wine commercials or something. So. Yeah. Well, he was <laughs> he was pretty dead during that 
actual commercial when he was alive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Probably oh, see yeah. no difference. There's a great uh, – there's an assistant director or somebody on that shoot, uh-huh. and he did an article last year or two ago. And uh, it was a lengthy article where he talked about the whole experience of making that commercial with Orson Welles. And he said, look, it wasn't as bad as everybody makes it out to be. And uh, it, it was a very funny article but also very eye-opening mm. on how something can go viral, and, it, it, and it's not quite based in truth. It's just a perception that takes hold. Mm-hmm. Of that whole sure. experience. Yeah. But he had a nap. They went back to the, the house where they were shooting, and he had a nap, and then he came back out, and he was fine. <laughs> All he needed was a little sleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Snow Peas commercial is obviously the classic for anybody out there listening who hasn't heard the outtakes from that. That's uh, that's unbeatable. I don't know what else to, to say about Snow that. Snow Peas, who, did, who was in that? That's Orson Welles doing the oh. Snow Peas commercials. Yeah. There's uh there's the the mace you're, there's the um the wine commercials and then there's the snow peas commercials which are totally separate things and if you haven't heard the outtakes from those oh my goodness I, I get ready because you're in for a treat. <laughs> the great thing is the uh, I just get sad when I think of Orson Welles doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. um, but you know if he. I don't know. There is a question: how, how, to what extent he was self-sabotaging. <laughs> but so maybe, maybe if his first time out didn't kind of wreck his career, he would have sabotaged it eventually anyway. I don't know. I think he. I think he. His personality was such that yes, I think that was an inevitable conclusion that he would have uh, come that he would have come to at some point in his life um but there's also that great clip of the whatever the william shatner was recording some some <laughs> yeah. commercial <laughs> yes. and and the and the guy in the booth, yeah the, the guy <laughs> in the booth was uh was stupid enough to try to give him direction <laughs> oh yes yes I don't, they used to play that on howard stern a lot that's the funniest clip is that the one where is it he or is it Orson Welles that that utters that line? I take I think it's Orson Welles in the Snowpiece commercial who says I take direction from one person and that's under protest. <laughs> that's in the Snowpiece commercial, I believe. That's something. And then there's another thing where De Niro was doing like a public service spot back in the early '90s or something, and the director uh, dares to say, "Could you give it a little more energy?" And De Niro's like, "No." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know what it was. Yeah, the, the Orson Welles commercial has that. They kept referencing this on Howard Stern, as you mentioned. It's the the thing about the gonk. He goes, I hear a loud gonk in here. Is is there some kind of a there's there's a gonk a gonk? <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to determine what a gonk actually is. <laughs> it's fantastic. It is fantastic. Anyway, oh boy. Well, anyway. We'll move along with the Blu-ray releases, Parallel Mothers, the Oscar-nominated Pedro Amaldovar film from last year. That's actually pretty good. That's not bad. Saw that. And uh, that has been issued by Sony. We'll go ahead and mention that. Uh, the Little Rascals, they continue to be issued by the Classic Flicks. They're doing all these restorations. I think they had a GoFundMe campaign. and uh, I've... I actually got the first two volumes of these, and that is as far as I've gotten. I need I need to get the rest of them, but what I've seen, they just really they really look great. Um, these films have 
you know, obviously had a notorious history and they haven't been treated in the best of, uh, haven't had the best treatment over the years. And so they've, it's been a painstaking effort they've done, but they're up to the, um, the later years, the late mid thirties, I think in this latest volume. And it's the ones with alfalfa and most of them are, you know, they're in some, some kind of a, putting on a show kind of thing, you know, there's a lot of that going on in these later ones. They're not quite as funny as the earlier ones, but, but they're still amusing. They're, they were pretty good until they officially, until Hal Roach signed them, signed off on them and sold them to uh, MGM. And that's when they became really bad in the uh, (laughs) early forties. And (laughs) Spanky was way too old to be in there, but, Anyway, the ones that were still actually the little rascals, those are pretty good. And so the latest volume five is out there. A couple of Paramount catalog titles. Paramount's really still doing the the, para, the catalog stuff. Uh, we've talked about this. And, uh, of course, they released the latest Scream in 4K. Uh, again, saw that was pretty underwhelmed. Uh, but anyway, I don't know if you bothered to see it. But uh, I was not, Which was one? not a, the latest Scream from back yeah, in January. That yeah, it was pretty pretty bad. I know it did well, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. <laughs> oh, so Paramount has also issued Soap Dish from 1991, which I'm a fan of. I think that's a pretty good comedy. Huh. Um, I, I always enjoyed that. And um, back in those days when those type of films were being made, and Let It Ride from 1989, starring Richard Dreyfuss, which has kind of failed. It was pretty much a big failure when it came out, but now has this reputation as being one of these great unseen films. I've never seen it. I just remember... I liked it. Yeah. I liked yeah. it well enough. It has a... I know the director of that film, Joe Pitka, went on to do the original Space Jam, and so he went on to bigger... Bigger things, and he's always complained that it wasn't the film he set out to make, but but yet uh, it it does have its defenders. So he should, uh, anyway, he should take credit for it from the guy that yeah. made Space Jam. He should take credit for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. So anyway, these are a Paramount catalog titles: Soap Dish and Let It Ride. So just wanted to uh, to mention it's that just, those. It's are... just Richard Dreyfuss behaving manically in a, a oh okay uh, the horse races for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's uh, that might be worth it. Mazursky's in it, and Jennifer Tilly's in it. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe I should see that. Maybe I should. So, uh, Up All Night, the uh, 2011 to 2012 series with Christina Applegate has been issued by Mule Creek for you TV aficionados. I thought I'd mention that. Uh, first, first time ever Blu-ray release on that. A couple of Kino titles uh, that were issued. The Violent Breed. From 1984, this is actually released on their uh, subsidiary label, Code Red, and stars Henry Silva, who's an uh, ex-CIA agent who goes on a final mission to Thailand to expose a group of KGB infiltrators. Uh, and, you know, when Henry Silva's involved, it's usually The sign of quality. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. The Body of My Enemy, which is another one of their... Uh, uh, Kino titles. It's a it's a French film, I believe. It's it's a foreign film for sure, uh, and that has Jean Pierre uh, Bellamondo. So anyway, uh, Jigsaw from 1962 is uh, also being released by the first Kino Saw Superior. movie, right? Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. 
Uh, Jigsaw from 1962 is the first Saw movie. Oh, the first Saw. I got you. Okay. Missed that first. first I don't. Part. I don't want that to go unchecked. That you said. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I was serious. Oh jeez, yeah. Um, yeah, it has that title song by um, Sky High by the group Jigsaw, right? I, I think. No, that was later. Uh, so, <laughs> no, uh, this is actually a Val Guest film. Uh, who? previously directed Espresso Bongo. He, um, eh, it's a murder mystery based on the Hilary Waugh novel Sleep Long, My Love, and based on the, inspired by the Brighton Trunk murders of the 1930s. So no, uh, no, no, no relation to the Saw films, I must say. But anyway, this is a new issue of this 1962 film from Cohen Media Group. It's a new K, new 2K restoration, and there's, uh, there's no extras here, but um, you know, it's it's pretty pretty well reviewed. Uh, stars Jack Warner, which I don't think he has any relation to the he was any relation to the uh, Warner Brothers, but <laughs> I was curious about that. I said Jack Warner, I didn't know he was uh, acting in films. But, oh, Jack Warner, not Jack Warden. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jack Warner. I I thought it was one of the Warner Brothers actually in his acting debut, but no, it isn't. So. Anyway, so those are uh, some of the releases from the first week in the month. And then the Ken Burns uh, Benjamin Franklin documentary has also been issued by PBS, which I didn't get a chance to see. I was, I'm a little behind on my Ken Burns. I, I finally did see, finish the country music, uh, and that was quite quite tremendous. I liked that a lot. Mm. And so... Uh, Anyway, one more Kino title, Armageddon, 1977, Alain Delon. That has been issue two. And then we move on to uh, the middle part of the month, April 12th. Uh, RoboCop was issued, uh, oh, about a year and a half ago in Blu-ray in a spectacular edition from Arrow. And uh, I have to say it was – the extras on that are incredible. It's just anything you could imagine. There's the TV cut and – uh, the unrated cut uh, that has all the violence that was excised by the MPAA, and it's it's it was really a great set, but they've gone the extra mile. Now they've put that same set out in 4K. It's the same extras, so if you got the previous Blu-ray of RoboCop, uh, it's it's you're not getting anything new in the way of extras, but you are getting the the uh, 4K transfer, and it, it's it's quite splendid. I don't know what else to say about it. And uh, the original Robocop is a great film and it certainly deserves a 4k issue. So we'll, uh, I will vouch for that one. Um, also getting a 4k issue from arrow is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein mm. from 1994. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, I saw that in a the theater and, and I remember it got terrible reviews when it came out. And I saw it when it uh, came out and thought, eh, it's not that bad. But watching it now, it I can definitely see its flaws. Watching it almost 30 years later, it's um, I I think I, in my review of it in the uh, paper that I write for, I said, uh, Kenneth Branagh's caffeinated take on the Mary Shelley novel. Because yeah. that was my takeaway. It's, it was, uh, I don't know, it, it has that MTV style of cutting. Uh, it's just so busy 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 all the time it's like it can't linger on a shot and i guess that didn't really bother me or i didn't pick up on that initially but boy this time i did and so it it um i mean it's not the worst thing i've ever seen for sure but but it uh it definitely uh, has suffers from uh ad it's an add 
take on Mary Shelley's well, Frankenstein. <laughs> if 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 the point of it was to show that he he he's in shape, that he yeah. looks good with his shirt off, then mission <laughs> yes. accomplished. A lot of that, it's true. Well, you know, De Niro doesn't he does a pretty good job in it. I think he's fine. And Helena Bonham Carter uh, is, you know, she's like I said, they're all fine. It's just uh, the editing style of the film is just a little. I just too, the, the predominant image that always comes to my mind is the after it's like the afterbirth that they're they're slipping and sliding in for oh yeah for yeah. an extremely long period of time true. Yeah. like an awkward period of time reminded yeah. me of the uh, yeah you can't get that. Uh, Remind me of the blood, uh, the blood that they're slipping and sliding in in Cape Fear. Oh yeah, that's the, true. With the dead maid. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, that's a, that's it's it's in the same uh, wheelhouse, shall we say? Well, anyway, so so yeah, the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein has been issued with a lot of new extras on there, some new commentaries and featurettes and all that stuff, and it it looks great. So if you're a fan of the film. Uh, Arrow has done the job. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home has been issued in 4K. Of course, the uh, the biggest grossing post-COVID film. And I don't need to say anything else about that. Surprisingly, I thought it was pretty good, I have to admit. Uh, it's nothing I'd want to see a second time. I did uh, see it in a the theater a couple of weeks after it came out. I certainly wasn't going the weekend that it came out because I, I knew it would be around forever and a day, and it was. And uh, it was fine. I, I have to admit, I can't I can't sit here and as much as I'm not admit that I'm not really a Marvel person. I uh, I, I it had its charms. And uh, like I said, once is enough. But but I could definitely vouch for that one. So <clears throat> anyway, uh, and it's out in this uh, 4K and Blu-ray and it has, you know, a few extras feature. It's they don't do much of uh, and Disney doesn't do a whole lot in the way of extras like they used to. But, you know, there's a few things there. So anyway, uh, come on, come on, Mike Mills' latest. Uh, he was uh, the director of Beginners previously back in 2011, and he did another one. I, I'm drawing a blank 20th on 20th Century second. Woman. That's it, 20th Century Woman. You got it. Yep. Both of those are pretty good, I think, and Come On, Come On is also pretty good. Uh, not my favorite movie of last year, but but certainly certainly good enough, and I would recommend that one as well, with Joaquin Phoenix turning in a pretty good performance there where he's – Forced to take care of his uh, nephew and bonds with the kid while he's making a doing a documentary project of some sort. And it's a uh, nicely nicely filmed in black and white and some nice cinematography there and uh, gives it a nice little atmosphere. And I I don't know I enjoyed it. It was fine. Um, so Walker, the Alex Cox film, has been issued uh, by Criterion. This 1987 film has some. New uh, extras. I think uh, Alex Cox participated in a few of them as well. And so uh, this is one I, one of his films that I have not seen. So I have to admit, and didn't didn't get a review copy of this one. So uh, don't really uh, don't don't really have a lot to say about Walker by Alex Cox. But uh, I guess if you're an Alex Cox fan, <laughs> there you go. Uh, New Year's Evil. From 1980, uh, that is a Kino Lorber uh, reissue. I think it's been out before, but they've done a 2K restoration on this. And they've also issued a couple other things. Screams of a Winter Night from 1979 is another Kino 
release. That's a horror film. Um, again, didn't get any review product from Kino, so I didn't get a chance to look at this. And Tentacles from 1977, which, uh, yeah, we, we've talked about the, uh, the film with the music from that film. Isn't it great? Yeah, uh, I love the music. The, I, I, I like the movie too. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the, uh, it's just a weird, weird it's very shit. Weird. I saw that movie when it aired on NBC television in the late seventies and have not seen it since. And obviously being a seven, eight year old kid, I, it was right up, right up my alley. I loved, loved, loved it back then, but I don't know how I feel about it now, but I should go back and revisit. But the cast is amazing, right? John Houston, yeah. Shelley Winters, Bo Hopkins, Henry Fonda. That's pretty, pretty amazing there. And a video, uh, Asanidis, he's the, uh, I think he's the same guy who directed Beyond the Door. So it's one of these films that uh, has an Italian, it's an Italian production. Oh, yeah. They use these American actors and sometimes they even dub them. <laughs> it's obvious they were filmed in Italian, but then they dub them with their, <laughs> while their, their mouths are speaking Italian, but their, <laughs> the soundtrack has them in English. It, it's just weird. I don't know what the deal was with that type of stuff, but, uh, anyway, but yeah, um, Probably worth going back to revisit. But anyway, Tentacles is now all being has been reissued by Kino with um, uh, new commentary on that, I believe. And the Abominable Doctor Fibes is another Kino release. This is uh, actually they have released the Abominable Doctor Fibes and Doctor Fibes Rises Again. Both of those films have been issued as a, a two for one deal, so you don't have to go out and buy them separately. Now you can get the two Vincent Price films. These are great films. Uh, I love them. The first one is probably is obviously the best, but the second one is no is not a bad film either. And it's basically about a doctor who's uh, in a car accident. He's uh, in an accident and uh, there's a team of surgeons that leaves him and his wife to die. And so he decides to uh, use the, uh, the seven plagues mentioned in the Bible. He uses those to dispatch the members of the surgical team in very creative ways. And it's, it's a gimmick that was kind of reused for theater of blood a couple of years later. It's similar, similarly, uh, but uh, it works in both of the films. But anyway, uh, new commentary there for the abominable Dr. Fibes and, and Dr. Fibes rises again, a couple of Warner archive releases. We have Fandango and American flyers. Both of these ke- early Kevin Costner films, 1985, so this was when Kevin Costner was establishing himself as a as a big screen presence. Yeah. And um, I think they're both uh, for me they're they're about on the I had the same reaction to both of them. They're you know okay. I, I couldn't say either one of them were were great films. Fandango and what else? American Flyers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had the same reaction to both of them. They're 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 pleasant. <laughs> Let's go, American Flyer. <laughs> I, I just remember that theme song because every movie had to have a soundtrack with a pop song on it at that time. Didn't it though? I wonder who oh, did yeah. that. God, I. It's funny you mentioned that. I uh, I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago and they recommended that Larry Cohen film Perfect Strangers from 1984. And the premise of the film is so ridiculous. When I heard about it, I said, oh, i got to seek this out. And I, I was at a, a, a library book sale, and they had a DVD of it. And I uh, I picked it up for basically nothing and watched it last night. It was one of these films that had tons of uh, songs that just seemingly appeared out of nowhere, where they would have these musical montages, and it was uh, you know pop-type pop, pop type 
sounding uh, songs of the day, and it's it's exactly what you're talking about. And I guess it was the thing that was going on. The plot of that film is is worth mentioning because it's basically about a three year old who witnesses a murder and a hitman who uh, uh he's he's this you know he's kills people obviously for a living because that's his job and this three year old witnesses him and he's afraid the three year old might be able to identify him so he uh basically gets his uh, uh finds a way to get into the 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 boy's mother's life and become mm. her boyfriend to uh, so he can dispatch the the three year old boy because <laughs> he's afraid. Anyway, uh, it's it's a, such a ridiculous premise. Written and directed by Larry Cohen. Mm. I might I might make, make mention of that. But anyway, not yeah, I, I really good. like the moment where he tracks her down in an Amish community. <laughs> yes, that was you. Yeah, the very next year, they should have sued him for plagiarism. Oh gosh. Oh yeah, we're referring to Witness, of course. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't hasn't seen it, but yeah. So a couple of Paramount releases that i'll talk about here reissues jersey girl kevin smith of course directing that with ben affleck Liv tyler and george carlin and uh, we also have escape from alcatraz i like that Clint uh, eastwood yeah it's been out before but uh, i think it went out of print so they uh, they reissued that but yeah it's solid solid clint eastwood I was recently, uh, rev- speaking of clint eastwood i was recently revisiting some of the uh, inside the actor's studio episodes uh in my uh you know I, I can listen to the audio while i'm doing my work and during the day and so i would would do that and uh, really enjoyed uh, the one with uh, um clint eastwood that was really really good uh and he talks about working with don siegel and how they got their you know how they became how he became acquainted with him and all that and uh yes, those, working those probing James Lipton questions. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What brought you to what happened then? What <laughs> Yeah, it's like the he... same damn question. It's not you know, it it's not just the very end with the Bernard Pivot questionnaire that's the same questions. He asks the same questions, the same very surface every, shallow questions of everyone. Every time, right, exactly. It, you know, but it is. I mean, you have to admire him for the pedigree of talent that he was able to get on those shows. It's really mind blowing. And the Gene Hackman, uh, that because Eastwood made mention of Gene Hackman and how he got him convinced to do uh, Unforgiven, and how he had to plead with him, you know, because he didn't want to do it. And and um, anyway, he he that led me to seek out the the episode with Gene Hackman. Of course, that's yeah. that's very moving when he talks about his dad leaving when he was a little boy and. Yeah. How he never get never got over it, and he starts to cry, and I was like, "Boy, that's," yeah. <laughs> I was very moved by that. I was like, mm, "Boy," and then they had um, uh, Arthur Penn out in the audience, and he spoke up twice. You know, they talked about uh, Bonnie and Clyde, and he talked about working with him uh, on night moves. That's uh, that's good stuff. If if anybody hasn't seen those, uh, and you know, man, it's uh, it just reminds you, of, you know, what a what a what a fantastic presence that. Gene Hackman was, and I think Sonny Grosso is on there too from the French Connection. He mm. he speaks up too about working with him, and uh, it's 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 good. It's and you can see Gene Hackman's kind of humbled, you know, when Arthur Penn talks about how what a pleasure he is to work with, and how he's you know, and and he's he he really looks like he's he's humbled during the interview. So it's it's good. But um, anyway, moving along, Oranges and Sunshine from 2010 is an Emily. Emily Watson stars in this. 
And uh, she is a social worker, I think. And this is one of those Cohen media releases that I was talking about earlier. And uh, she's a social worker uncovering one of the most significant social scandals of recent times, the deportation of thousands of children from the U.K. to Australia. And so that's the the premise of this film. It's a 2010 film, well-reviewed at the time, and it's just now getting a Blu-ray release courtesy of Cohen. Uh, media and another Paramount release is The Shipping News from 2001 <laughs> with uh, Kevin Spacey. I, I never saw that, but I remember the uh, the word on the street wasn't all that great about it. Uh, but anyway, just kind of mediocre reception, I think. Anyway, The Cabin in the Woods has gotten a 4K uh, issue from 2011, The uh, Cabin in the Woods. And um, I think it was actually released in the spring of 2012. It says 2011, but I think it was around around this time of the year, 20, 10 years ago, hard to believe. But anyway, got it's gotten a 4K issue. Uh, in the Heat of the Night uh, has been issued in 4K by uh, Kino. And they keep pumping up these uh, 4K releases. And this is another one. Uh, if you do have the previous issue of In the Heat of the Night from Criterion, which is terrific, by the way, I have that one. But this one is worth picking up because it has the two sequels, uh, The Organization and They Call Me Mr. Tibbs. Mm. They're in there as a bonus. So you get those in addition to the uh, – so you get the – really, uh, I get it's billed as just In the Heat of the Night 4K, but it's really the uh, the Mr. Tibbs trilogy, I guess you would call it. Anyway, with the late, great Sidney Poitier. And of course, the original is a classic. Nothing else I can say about that. Uh, Heavy Metal has been issued in 4K, the uh, 1981 animated film, and its 2000 sequel, Heavy Metal 2000, which, um, you know, uh, not, not much to say about that. But anyway, they're, they're, they're being issued together, bundled together in one 4K release. And then we have uh, Night Creatures from 1962. This is a Shout Factory release. It's one of those Hammer Thrillers starring Peter Cushing and Yvonne Romaine and Oliver Reed and this one. Um, and it's about a it's about a, a sea captain who arrives in an English coastal town played by Peter Cushing, of course, who is there to investigate reports of uh, of marsh phantoms being said to ride on phantom horses through the marshes, spreading terror to anyone who encounters them. So it's not a title I was familiar with, but you know, a lot of the ha- Hammer titles, I think they're putting all those out, um, even the lesser-known ones. This is one of those cases. Night Creatures 1962 is a new commentary on that. Uh, Jack a- Jackass Forever, sorry, uh, from this year, uh, 2022, of course, and um, nothing else I can add to that. That's a Paramount release, but um, you know who you are if you enjoy that sort of thing, and <laughs> more of the same. <laughs> Uh, Rogue Cops and Racketeers is a uh, is a box set from uh, Arrow. Again, Arrow with another one of their releases. It's uh, two crime thrillers from the director Enzo G. Castellari. Castellari, sorry. Uh, and the two films there are uh, Il Grande Racket and La Via Draga, or the Heroin Busters. And uh, the big racket, those are their American titles. Sorry about that. And I was butchering the uh, foreign titles. So uh, both of those have been issued in a box set with um, some new extras, of course, commentaries and all that stuff. So uh, the Criterion released Miracle in Milan, which is directed by Vittorio De Sica. And it's uh, 
I think uh, this, I want to say this might have been an inspiration for uh, George Lucas when he was doing, um, uh, no, I'm thinking of another, the Sika film. I'm sorry, I was going to say it's uh, American Graffiti, but no, this is not the one. This is about a bag of van. Band of ba- a band of vagabonds who are working together to form a shanty town. When it's discovered the land they occupy contains oil, however, it's up to the orphan Toto with some divine help to save their community from greedy developers. So it's one of those uh, DeSica films with a social commentary running throughout. Anyway, it's got a new commentary, audio commentary, and the new extras there. Uh, you can't cheat an honest man and man on the flying trapeze and you're telling me those are three WC Fields films. Those have all been issued by Kino, three releases uh, from the, from the, uh, the company they're pumping out the, uh, the old Universal, uh, or Paramount. I think there's originally Paramount titles, but Universal controls the rights to them, these WC Fields titles. So anyway, we have also have from Criterion, The Girl Can't Help It, starring uh, Tom Yule and Jane Mansfield. This is, I guess, the film that put Jane Mansfield on the on the uh, on the map. And it's uh, basically Tom Yule is uh, he's an agent, and uh, there's a mobster who has a his girlfriend is Jane Mansfield, and he's basically uh, puts him under pressure to make her a star and. And supposedly she can't sing, and so he's he's got lots of problems trying to make that happen. So anyway, uh, the real interesting thing about this film is it has real performances by some of the uh, pop artists of the time. And uh, you get to see Little Richard in performance, The Platters, Fats Domino. So that's that's kind of cool. And yeah. uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of a one-joke premise, but it's gloriously filmed in CinemaScope. It looks great. There's some great uh, CinemaScope uh you know, kind of breaking the fourth wall gags. Uh, it's directed by Frank Tashlin, who was great at that sort of thing. So anyway, just wanted to mention that uh, The Girl Can't Help It has been issued by Criterion. And I uh, I, I think it's an OK film. Like I said, I, I, I have seen that one and it, it did get to see that one. So And it does look good. So anyway, from the journals of Gene Seberg is a documentary uh, from the director, oh, that's uh, Mark Rappaport, who previously had done Rock Hudson's home movies. And here we have uh, Bar- Mary Beth Hurt on camera portraying Jean Seberg, and she reads passages from her diary, reflecting on her life as it is illustrated through her work. It follows her as she is plucked from obscurity to star in Otto Priminger's St. Joan, <laughs> to the critical drubbing that followed her resurrection as a star in Godard's Breathless. And through her death in 1979, it's, she definitely had an interesting life. Let's just say that. Um, very troubled. A lot of, uh, a lot of drama going on there. So anyway, from the uh, journals of Gene Seberg has been issued by Kino and, uh, on DVD. And this also has two other films by Mark Rappaport, uh, Becoming Anita Ekberg and Deborah Paget, for example. So you get those as bonuses. So anyway, just wanted to, to mention those as well, and let's see, got the got the cellophane. I was trying to rattle the cellophane for you, so we always like to do that during the. I guess you can hear it here. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyway, oh gosh, yeah. Uh, so uh, let's see. Um, we also have uh, my afternoons with Marguerite. This stars Gerard Depardieu, 
This was uh, well-reviewed also when it came out in 2011. It's about well, if it a... stars Gerard Depardieu, I would imagine those afternoons consist of lots of urine and vomit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's he's uh, actually a man in his 50s uh, considered to be the village idiot, so you know maybe that's part of his uh, performance. Uh, but anyway, he... Uh, Happens to uh, strike up a friendship with a little old lady who reads excerpts from uh, a novel every day aloud. And she uh, basically her passion for life uh, is lures him in and the magic of literature. He, he becomes, uh, you know, learns to appreciate literature through his friendship with this with this elderly lady. So anyway, uh, My Afternoons with Marguerite has been issued by Cohen Media Group. And let's see, we also have uh, 12 Monkeys is another 4K release from Arrow Video. And that has, um, there's been some problems with that. They say some of the, the scenes in the film are actually out of sequence mm. somehow or another. There's a recall on that. Um, I heard somebody talking the other day about how many recalls there have been on physical media since the pandemic started. And it's just basically every month there's been some sort of a recall on on uh on discs and and there's all kinds of problems going on and the and it's they're saying it's probably uh, most likely a result of you know the fact that uh you know we're down to one processing plant mm. that does all the uh the, the media releases now and so that that is definitely causing some problems and this is another one that had some trouble so if you bought it and you, and you don't know about this problem I'm, I'm telling people they probably need to do some investigating because there are replacement discs on on the way um <clears throat> So anyway, but uh, it's basically the previous issue of uh, Arrow's uh, 12 release of Pro, uh, 12 Monkeys they did on Blu-ray a couple of years ago. It's the, similar to the RoboCop. They just ported over all the extras with a new transfer, and it looks great. Uh, I did get a review copy of it. I didn't detect anything wrong with my review copy, but I know some of them are having uh, problems. Uh, Singing in the Rain has been issued in 4K from Warner Brothers proper. And this uh, looks great, of course. Uh, they've done a spectacular job with the 4K release of this, I must say, if you're a fan. It includes the archival commentary by Debbie Reynolds, Donald O'Connor, Sid Charisse, Kathleen Freeman, Stanley Donan, Betty Comden, Adolph Green, Boz Luhrmann, and Rudy Bellmer. And um, Singing in the Rain, Raining on a New Generation is a featurette there. And you looking forward to Elvis? I am. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, me too. I'm very curious about it. We should so hear we... soon. I mean, can starts later this month. Should we should yeah, hear, yeah. hear word on what it's like. So, yeah, I'm I'm very curious to hear what uh, what that is uh what what the word is on that for sure. No doubt. But um anyway, I think your mother just walked in. Uh, she did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can edit that. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, I was trying to just press on. And, um, but anyway, <laughs> it's no, Mother's Day. We have to have a mention of Mother somewhere. That's right. It is. It is. For All Mankind is a uh, is a Criterion release. Uh, that has been issued previously on Blu-ray, but this is the uh, documentary about the four uh, missions to the moon and uh, narrated by the, the people who actually participated in those. And this is a, a 4K release. As I said, uh, it's basically the same as the uh, previous Blu-ray, but with the uh, – I don't think there's any new extras here, but it's a, it's a terrific um, uh, presentation of it. 
if you're a fan of For All Mankind, and it's a breezy 80-minute documentary, and there is some spectacular footage that they have in the film. So it's uh, it's if you haven't seen it, I, w- I would recommend it for sure. Um, so we have Dracula Sucks from 1978. This is from Vinegar Syndrome, and this is getting a 4K release. If you can Lord. imagine that. <laughs> Starring uh, Jamie Gillis. It's an adult hardcore version of Bram Stoker's oh, novel. Okay, okay, I get it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and it's Reggie Nalder is in this, who played the uh, vampire in uh, Salem's Lot, of course. And, uh, yeah, uh, Jamie Gillis, he was a famous uh, porn star, I, I do believe. Um, not not quite as uh, noteworthy as Harry Reams, but he's he was pretty well known back in those during that time. And another uh, uh, Vinegar Syndrome release in 4K is Stiff Competition, <laughs> which is another of uh, those. Yeah, uh, I don't know why they're doing these, uh, you know, adult films in 4K, but uh, hey, you know, maybe there's a demand there. But anyway, they say the quality is pretty good. This one stars uh, some people I'm not really familiar with, uh, Gina Carrera and Cindy Summers. And 1985, this was, uh, this was, I guess, a rarity if it's a hardcore film that was filmed on shot on film. That's not something you were seeing a lot of in 1985, but I guess there were always the, the rare exceptions to the rule. Uh, so, um, for whatever it's worth, Watchers 2 has been issued by Shout Factory. Uh, that, of course, uh, starring Mark Singer and Mary Warrenov. Um, hey, the genetically re-engineered dog develops a psychic link in this one with a monster created in a lab. So, <laughs> If you're a fan of the original Watchers, then you know who you are. Twisting the Knife is four. Uh, that's a uh, new box set uh, from Arrow, consisting of four films by Claude Chabrol that were made between 1997 and 2003. These are the uh, the Swindle, The Color of Lies, and Nightcap from 2000, and The Flower of Evil. And those uh, the set has uh, all kinds of new extras and uh, new. Commentaries, featurettes, yada, yada, yada. So uh, a lot of that going on there. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome has also issued Reform School Girls in Blu-ray. Also uh, that, of course, starring Wendy O. Williams and Sybil Danning, directed by Tom D. Simone. And it's about the uh, you know woman sent to a reform school run by the evil warden, and uh, she'll stop at nothing to escape, but has to deal with Charlie the bully, it says. So anyway, <laughs> I remember when Reform School Girls was on the video shelves quite, I would see it quite frequently back in the day. Uh, so, yeah, never saw it, though. Sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So anyway, boy, um. So the original Doctor Strange from 1978, made-for-television film. Uh, this is when Universal was pumping out those made-for-TV Marvel adaptations, and this is uh, this this one stars Jessica Walter and Philip Hooten. Uh, sorry, Peter Hooten. And uh, like I said, I think it was on uh, CBS originally, but that's gotten a Blu-ray release from Shout Factory, as well as uh, Cockfighter from uh, 1974, starring Warren Oates. And this, of course, is directed by Monty Hellman. Okay, Hellman's so that's not another 4K porn. No, it is not. This is the Monty Hellman film okay. where he's a, uh, he actually goes around, uh, you know, with a, has a business where he fight, you know, gets gets actual chickens to fight, not not the other okay. kind of cock, not the other kind of cocks. 
Harry Dean Stanton and Millie Perkins and Patricia Piercy in this, and uh, produced by Roger Corman, of course. So, anyway, yeah, Cockfighter, uh, that's pretty good, actually. I've seen that. Uh, it's been a while, but that's that's a pretty good film, I would say. He Said, She Said is a uh, John Hughes, one of his films from the uh, the early 90s. Uh, no, that's not. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of She's Having a Baby. This is another Kevin. Kevin Bacon movie, no, no relation, no, no, no John Hughes on, involved in this. But anyway, he said, she said, with Kevin Bacon and Elizabeth Perkins and Nathan Lane and Anthony LaPaglia and Sharon Stone. That's getting a, uh, getting a Blu-ray issue from Paramount along with Thief of Hearts from 1984, which was one of the Jerry Bruckheimer, Don Simpson films that they, uh, that I think it might have been the next film they put out after Flashdance. Yeah. And uh, it's it's okay. It's written by um, Douglas Day Stewart, who also penned Officer and a Gentleman. So uh, it's it's like I said, it's okay. It has a premise of basically a, a thief breaks into this woman's home and steals her diary, and uh, he becomes obsessed with her and decides to fulfill her fantasies from her diary by meeting her in the real world. So it uh, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, The Beautician and the Beast from 1997 with uh, yeah, that's. Uh, that's is being issued. That's Timothy Dalton and yeah. Fran Drescher when she tried to to parlay her. God, I remember there was two two identical sisters who used to come. They were older, used to come into the theater all the time, and they were crazy about Timothy Dalton. So they were really looking forward to Beautician and the Beast. <laughs> did they? Uh, did you meet them on the way out, and were they? Uh... <laughs> no, I knew them, but it was odd that oh, they, okay. they both had great lust for Timothy Dalton. Oh yeah, true, true, true. Well, the uh, the recent Roland Emmerich film Moonfall, which did not get good reviews, but has been issued in 4K by Lionsgate, that is uh, that is available now as well. And let's see, just a couple others. Uh, there's a new box set of Film Noir from Kino called Film, Sci- Film Noir, The Dark Side of Cinema 6. They're up to volume 6, which includes Singapore, Johnny Stool, Pigeon, and The Raging Tide. And let's see, a couple other Paramount releases. Win a Date with Tad Hamilton is uh, from 2004. That's another one of those Paramount catalog titles. They reissued as well as King David with uh, Richard Gere from 1985. And so Dementia is a, uh, is this, uh, it's, it's a horror film that's kind of has a reputation. It's, um, um, I don't know how to explain it, but it's basically, uh, about a woman who, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it. A young woman haunted by the horrors of her youth which transformed her into a stiletto-wielding, man-hating beatnik. But it's very, uh, uh, they say it's David Lynchian, you know, in far, in terms of its, um, you know, kind of like done in the style that would, kind of an inspiration for Eraserhead, that type of thing, you know. Uh, anyway, I didn't get a chance to see it, but uh, The Guardian calls it the, maybe the strangest film ever offered for theatrical release. So, uh Whoa. And the New York Censor Board said overflows with horror, ho- hopelessness, say, sadism, violent acts of terror, and outbursts of panic. So this is uh, – and then Preston Surges, the uh, director, and this is odd, 
his blurb was, it's a work of art. It stirred my blood and purged my libido. I don't know what that was all about, but anyway, it's worth mentioning. <laughs> so don't know what was going on with Preston Sturges there at that point in his life. Anyway, uh, Dementia, which was also recut and re-released as Daughter of Horror, has been issued by Cohen Media Group. So uh, there you go. Just wanted to, to mention that. It's another one. There's a couple more Kino titles. Grand Slam from 1967, which is a uh, heist film starring Janet Leigh. And um, uh, let's see who else is in that. That also It's uh, Janet Leigh and uh, Klaus Kinski, actually. Yeah, that's who's in that. And I... Um, uh, so that's that's pretty well regarded, I think, from what I know. Breakout from 1975. The uh, this is the, uh, the the Charles Bronson film yeah. where he's hired to uh, he's like a helicopter pilot or something. He's hired to break out a uh, somebody out of prison. Isn't it Robert Duvall's in that? I believe. Yeah, Jill Eiler. Uh, that's pretty good for those uh, those uh, films that he was cranking out. It's one of the better ones, I think, of that period. So yeah, Breakout from 1975 with a new commentary so and then we'll mention this one etr media has released scream queen my nightmare on elm street which is in mm. a documentary about actor mark Patton, who was in the uh, nightmare on elm street part two and how the film actually the reception of the film ruined his career and it's kind of a i think there's a confrontation with him and uh, jack shoulder in the film at the end of the movie where they have a like a powwow mm. uh, you know, so uh, I, I want to see this. I desperately want to see this because I, uh, I hear that it's actually pretty good, pretty interesting. So anyway, um, so so uh, that uh, that is out there. That actually was released a couple of years ago, so it's not really a new yeah. film per se, but it's just now getting a a disc release. And let's see. I want to make sure I've covered everything, but I. I believe, oh yeah, one more is uh, Round Midnight. This is uh, directed by Bertrand Tavernier, who recently passed away, I think, in the last year. Stars Dexter Gordon, I think, who was nominated for an Oscar. And this is uh, it's about a, uh, a black saxophonist with a drinking problem who leaves behind New York and his estranged family and relocates to Paris. And um, he uh, strikes up a... Uh, uh, um, a relationship with a French fan who tries to help him fight his alcoholism and inspires him and uh, his music. Uh, uh, and so this was a well-reviewed film. I remember, like I said, Oscar nominated and um, I must say I've never seen it, but anyway, around midnight uh, is a, uh, is getting the Blu-ray treatment on um, Criterion, be a Criterion, not 4K, just, just Blu-ray, but 